Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. Worship is an awesome opportunity, firstly, just to quieten our hearts and to receive from God and just to enjoy Him. Amen? Amen. And it's, even if it's like new for you, maybe you're a new believer or something like that, or you're not used to it, or it's awkward for you, it's still an awesome opportunity to just be quiet if you don't know what to do. And just to focus your attention on God, it really is awesome. But, you know, um, one of the things that I really love about it is as we, we connect with God and as we receive from God, He'll always want to reach out to people around us. Yeah, and that's why we, have the, the, we always give the opportunity and say, you know, if you have a word on your heart, if you have something, come forward and share it. Because God, if you're a believer, God's Spirit lives in you. And He's speaking to you. And it's an awesome opportunity to, to hear what is he saying in your heart and then come and just say, hey, I don't know why, but I feel this verse. You know, you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord and come like a prophet. That's not what you need to do. But it's just like sometimes it's just a slight impression. You think, hey, maybe somebody here is just feeling down and I just want to encourage you X, Y, and Z or whatever the case is. And so it's not supposed to be something weird. <laughs> it's, not supposed to, it's, it's also not supposed to be something which is just sing-song time. Yeah, it's not supposed to be. A, we've got four songs, two happy, two more like a bit mellow, and and then one really uh, hectically emotional one. It's not supposed to be something like that. It's supposed to be an opportunity just to enjoy God's presence. And uh, another thing with it is God's presence doesn't come when we worship. <laughs> I think it's important to realize that there's an Old Testament mentality that as we worship, especially if we're worshiping in a certain key, you know, all of a sudden God pitches up and His glory fills the temple. The awesome thing is, is that happened in the Old Testament, but the new temple, the glory is filled the temple. And you are the temple of God. And so as we come together to, to worship, the glory doesn't need to fill this building because, I mean, you know, sometimes some weird things are filling this building. If you look at the calendar, <laughs> you know, and uh, some things that I'm like, I wonder what on earth they would do for like five or six hours even sometimes, you know, and, 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 and I don't know what goes on. But the point is, is like, you know, what, what are you going to say? Does God leave the, this building so that, you know, they can do what they want to do? And how does that work? This isn't the temple. We could meet under a tree and we'd still have a glorious time. But you, his body are his temple. Okay, and as we're worshiping, uh, uh, the glory has filled the temple. Before the before you start worshiping, you're full of His glory, and now it's just recognizing and realizing what you've got and enjoying that. And how much more awesome if you did that without the songs on a Monday morning at the office, <laughs> where all of a sudden you just turn your attention onto who's living inside of you, and it's like, hey, I'm not alone here, you know. Someone says, who are you talking to? You go, we are many. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Ghost, shame. <laughs> you know, I actually had that once. I don't know where I'm going with all this. But the, 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 I was sitting at a restaurant um, and um, a friend of mine was waitering. So I thought, let me go and support him. I was just in the area and uh, I, I don't know what I ordered. ordered whatever I ordered and he was bringing it. And I was just sitting there enjoying talking to the Lord. <laughs> and eventually, I mean, he's a Christian and he's in worship and all that. So he, he, um, he knows this. But he came over to me and he's like, my, my uh, colleagues are asked me to come over and, and ask you if you're okay. And I said, why? And he said, because you're talking to yourself and you're even laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I suppose I'm just talking with the Lord and just enjoying my cup of coffee or whatever I was doing. And he's like, I told them that, but they asked me to still come over. And I was like, oh well, <laughs> there you go. And I mean, I, I wasn't conscious of what was going on, you know, around me. But I mean, that's how it should be and that's how it can be. Not so that it weirds everybody else out, but so that it refreshes you and that so you can be refreshing to other people, you know. Because um, let's, let's look at Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12 verse 3. This is a, a, a scripture um, of prophecy concerning salvation. And I, I really love this. I want to read it from the King James first. It says, Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. 
Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Okay, so the, the prophecy here is that there would be a well of salvation. Okay, so, so we're still on the, the current series of the reality of Christianity. And this is the reality of Christianity. Okay, that there's a well inside of you. And that that well is something that you can, you can draw water from. Now whenever the Bible speaks of water, it's usually representing Holy Spirit. Okay? And so from the well of salvation, you can draw water with joy. Christianity is not supposed to be boring. Yeah? Christianity is not supposed to be something which is um, a difficult task. I had a conversation years back with a friend of mine, and um, we were both uh, just like, you know, in church together and hanging out and stuff, and he said, you know, the world has it so easy <laughs> because they can do whatever they want. But it's like, we really have it difficult because there's like, you, have to, you can't do this, you have to do this and whatever. And I was like, I think you're seeing things a little bit wrong here. <laughs> like, that's not the right perspective. Like, uh, uh, you know, he looked at everything he's missing out on, but that's not it at all. Okay? It's not like that. The world is missing out on something that's eternal, that's living inside of you now, as a believer. And that eternal thing is the Spirit of God, and now you're one with Him, and you get to enjoy Him forever. Okay? And it's something which is joyful. The, the Passion Translation puts that verse and says, With triumphant joy you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. Okay? With triumphant joy, you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. So this is something that's triumphantly full of joy, Christianity. I don't know how your, what your Christianity is like, but it's not a list of rules, and it's not a, a, a to-do list, and it's not a to-don't list, and it's not something burdensome. It's something which is like, my, like Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not supposed to be something heavy on you. It's supposed to be liberating. It's supposed to be something freeing. It's supposed to be something which is full of joy, triumphant joy, as that verse says. And then it says, you will drink deeply from the wells of salvation. Go over to John chapter 7, and we'll see a corresponding verse with that. So that's from Isaiah. Now if we go over to John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, we can really see Jesus echoing this, this verse from Isaiah. Okay? Jesus is echoing this verse and he says, it says, In the, the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, now if you're thirsty, what do you do? You drink. Okay? If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Okay, this is talking about those wells of salvation. Okay? And then it says in verse 39, But this he spake of the Spirit, which they which would believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost, or Spirit, had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So this is a pro prophecy. Jesus is prophesying about Pentecost, which incidentally is today on the calendar. Okay, so Jesus is prophesying about Pentecost and he's referring to an Old Testament scripture to show that the fulfillment of this is coming. That salvation is coming. What is salvation? The Spirit of God now dwelling in a man. I mean, so many scriptures. 1 Corinthians 6.17. We've looked at all of them, I think, in the last month. Uh, uh, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. Okay, God never leaves you once, you, once he's come. Okay, and then it says in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 6.20 or so, it says that you are a temple of God's Spirit. Okay, He lives in you. So you're His address. People want to look for, for God, they need to look up you. <laughs> look your address up, because you're His address. I mean, people are looking for God. Okay, they're, they're thirsty, they're looking for a drink, and they should be able to drink from you. <laughs> So this is, this, is, this is awesome. The Passion puts it nicely too. And it says, On the most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, or shouted, 
out to the crowds. All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your inmost being, just like the scripture says. Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive. But the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in His full splendor. So Jesus, the, the, the believers hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit because Jesus had to go away before, he could, uh, before the Spirit had come. I mean, He says that over in John. We'll get to Ephesians eventually. We always do. Right? John chapter 16, verse 13. Verse 7, let's start, and it says, John 16, verse 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So Jesus is saying, I'm going so that he can come in spirit form. He was locked up in a body on this earth, right? <laughs> okay, 100% man, 100% God. Now he's locked up in a body and he needs to go be glorified so that he can come now and dwell in our bodies. Okay, by his spirit. And it is something maybe a bit uh, mystical about it, but it's a reality that we get to enjoy as Christians. That hey, you know, God's spirit lives in me. And the, the amazing thing here is that Jesus calls him the comforter. Okay, the helper is another way to translate it. The advocate. Okay, the counselor. This are, these are descriptive words of the Holy Spirit and His ministry in our lives. Okay? That He is our comforter. Think about comfort. Now, this morning I was ministering in, in uh, Solari's Pass at our church there and I said to them, like, uh, someone, it was announced that someone's uh, daughter had died and, and they prayed for her and all this. And, and uh, 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 I got up and I, I said, you know, and, and I say the same thing to you. When something like that happens, it's not right to pray for God to comfort them. <laughs> I was like, we cannot pray for God to comfort somebody going through a loss. The comforter lives in you, you comfort them. And there is a supernatural element that we can't get involved in, I agree. God is the comforter. But, we've all, or I hope that you've experienced this to a degree, where you're going through a crisis or a tragedy, and you've got a brother or sister in Christ who can put their arm around you, who can love on you, who can, can comfort you with the comfort they've been given. What's that comfort? The comfort of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not a sin, but I want to call it a sin. To have the comforter in you and not comfort someone when they need comfort. To have the encourager is another word for, for the Spirit. Now you've got the encourager living in you. Someone needs encouragement. And what do you say? I'll pray for you, brother. You know, John even says in the first book of John that if you see your brother in need and you don't help them, you don't have the love of God in you. You know, the love of God in us compels us to reach out to our brothers and sisters in need. And to minister to them the comfort, the, the help. The Holy Spirit is also called the helper. We need help. We've got the Spirit inside of us. We as believers need to wake up to who lives inside of us so that we can enjoy the reality of Christianity. It's not just another religion. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a, I'm, I'm becoming a Christian, so I'm changing my lifestyle. It's a, I've got a whole new life. Any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. New creature. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 Now you're completely new. The old is gone. The new has come. The Spirit of God dwells in you. You've got the helper in you. Now you, you've got strength for, to, for tomorrow, for Monday, and for Tuesday. And for Wednesday, and for midnight if you wake up in a panic, and for Thursday, and for Friday, and for Saturday, but maybe not Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's every day, 24-7, He will never leave you, He will never forsake you. God, I mean, we've got this mentality of, when I'm bad, He leaves, and I need to convince Him to come back. How do I convince Him to come back? Fast, pray, read my Bible, act sorry. Act sorry is true biblical repentance. 
He can't go to come back. He's, you're stuck with Him. He's stuck with you. Now, if you get a revelation of that, this will help you deal with temptation. <laughs> it shouldn't help you deal with temptation in a negative way. It should be a positive way. And a negative way to a degree, a scary way. In the sense of, I'm taking Jesus with me wherever I go. You know? And it shouldn't cause a, a panic in you. It should cause a relief in you in that I don't have to do that. Whatever that is for you. You know? I don't have to eat McDonald's. It's a sin. I'm not going to take Jesus there. <laughs> Choosing something neutral. And if you love McDonald's, I still love you. Even though it's a sin. It says that he's the helper, the comforter. So that describes his role in your life. Okay? He's there to comfort you. He's not there to condemn you. He's not called the condemner. What's the bet that someone's going to go to McDonald's after church tonight? <laughs> Just because I did some marketing. Just because I did some marketing. Anyway. Yeah, he's not the condemner. He's not here to condemn you. I mean, look at the, 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 the scripture always. If you, it's amazing how we take one verse and we, 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 we build something around it. And we don't read on. We don't read. I remember doing that once and I was reading through the Bible and I was in Genesis somewhere and I read something and I was like, wow, this is amazing. It means X, Y, and Z. And then I read the next chapter and I was like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm glad I read on because I may have gone off the, the beaten track. You know, it just shows you if you keep reading, you understand a bit more. Okay. Verse 8. John chapter 16, verse 8. When he is come, who is come? The Comforter, the Holy Spirit. When He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Okay? Now, we often look at this and we automatically think, okay, He's, he's going to condemn me of sin. He's going to make me feel bad for my sin. And He's going to... He's going to uh, 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 the word there is convict, but we kind of look at it in a negative way. When it, 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 It's a much more positive thing. He'll convict convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then it goes on to explain it. Of sin because they believe not on me. Now the first thing to see there is that who does he convict? The world of the sin of unbelief. So he's not condemning you for going to McDonald's. I don't want to use your example and then you feel uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> whatever your, your, fla- your, your sin is or whatever you do, you know? The, 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 I'm just making a joke with that. But the point is, is that he convicts the, a world of sin because they don't believe. Okay? 1 John 2 verse 2 says, And he is the payment, the atoning sacrifice, not only for our sins, but the sin of the whole world. For the sin of the whole world. He's already made the payment for everyone's sin. The unbeliever who has no, not, not yet received Jesus. The unbeliever who has not yet uh, uh, received the Spirit of God to live inside of them. That unbeliever is, is not going to heaven and yet their sins are paid. They're not going to experience eternity with the Lord and their sins are paid for. But the sin which, which the Lord is convicting them of, the Spirit of God is convicting them of, isn't their drunkenness, their sexual immorality or whatever. It's a, you don't believe in me. Because believe, you know, whenever we look at sin in the Bible, we often think of immorality or something. We always think of something. Okay, Someone name a sin quickly. McDonald's or? Stealing. Okay, so now we know what's in uh, Devon's heart. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm glad you didn't say something else. So, because <laughs> I was still going to say the joke. But the point is, is that now, 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 um, we often think that the, when the Bible's talking about sin, it's talking about that sometimes, but not always. You know, if you look throughout the Bible, sin is often just unbelief. Sin is often just unbelief. And, and what is, is, is the opposite of that? It's belief. Faith. Okay? Look at it. Uh, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, he goes on, on to explain, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, 
because I go to my father and you see me no more. And of judgment, because the prince of this world has been judged. So he, he's going to minister to us based on our righteousness, our right standing in Christ. He's not going to minister to you and say, Mikey, you're just good for nothing. That's never the Holy Spirit. You're just, you're just terrible. I can't believe you, you aren't pulling up your socks like you should. And you're just, you're just, you, you, you're, 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 you're not even trying to live for me. Like, imagine God saying that to you. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, He doesn't do that. He's the comforter, the Holy Spirit in you. He's there to comfort you. Not to make you feel bad. He's not there to make you feel good about your sin and what's wrong in your life and what's wrecking your life. But He's there to comfort you and show you how righteous you are because righteousness is the doorway to freedom. Okay? Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Let's look at that. And we'll come back to this one now. But Romans chapter 5 verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Okay? So this is saying that Adam's sin caused death to reign. Okay? But much more, if we receive abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness, and we, we, we have relationship with Jesus, we're going to reign in life. Okay, so I'm just focusing in on the righteousness part, the gift of righteousness. That's what the Holy Spirit will, will convict you of. Yeah? Megan, you're righteous. 100% righteous. 100% of the time. God is, isn't looking at your faults. He, you know, He's not looking at anything like that. All He's doing is looking at you and going, you're 100% right with me 100% of the time and you can't duff it up. There's nothing you can do to mess that up. That's how much grace there is. What, the, the, what does it say there? It says, they were to receive abundance of grace. It's, the receive is just talking about salvation. It's not saying you as a Christian now need to receive this. You've received abundance of grace. You might just not know it. But what is abundance? Anyone watch DuckTales? <laughs> You go into the vault there. If you don't know this, you might have to Google it. You go into the vault there with Scrooge McDuck. And there's an abundance of gold coins. And he swims in it. You know? It's still not a lot compared to the, the, the size of the world. It's a drop in the bucket compared to the world's economy, right? So that's not really an abundance like this is talking about abundance. Because in the Greek, this means super abundant. It means it's a supply which far exceeds the need. So your need for grace, maybe you've sinned 62%. And you're like, I'm a 62% sinner before you get saved. And now you need to receive abundance of grace and it's just like there's a million percent of just abundance, payment, grace, enabling just to, to cover that. It's like you had a debt of 10 Rand and someone came and paid a billion just on top of that debt for you and said, there you go, you can keep the change. That, that, that's the grace of God. It's bigger than we can actually even give it uh, credit for. Okay? He didn't just pay for sin, He far exceeded the payment. The payment far outweighed the, 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 the expense or the cost. So we need to receive an abundance of grace. When at salvation we receive an abundance of grace and we need to awaken to that, realize how much grace we've got, then we receive the gift of righteousness. Or we've received it, we've got to awaken to that and then it causes us to reign in life because of Jesus. Because of Jesus and what He's done for us. Okay? But the point that I was making with that verse, go back to John 16, is that the Holy Spirit isn't pointing out everything wrong in your life. The Holy Spirit within you isn't making you feel bad about what you did this morning. He's making you not feel bad about anything. He's pointing out how right you are with God. Okay? And He's showing you, you know, Hebrews 4.16, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. Okay? Now, I have hopefully corrected that in your thinking and said that you can't use that verse as a Christian. 
You use that verse as an unbeliever. You come boldly to the throne of grace. You get saved. And you never leave the throne of grace. You're living in the throne of grace. You've got the Holy of Holies in you. You've got 24-hour access to God because you're one with Him. You don't come to visit Him and then leave. He doesn't come to visit you and then leave. Okay, you're one with Him. But the point I'm making is that that communion, that fellowship with Him is constant and it's consistently one because you are right with Him. He sees you as 100% righteous. 100% of the time. You're never in His bad books. Now you know what? If you get a revelation of that, you know what it'll do? It'll cause you to operate in great faith. Because then you realize, well, my faith isn't based, your, your faith isn't based on your ability and your right standing with God. It's based on His right standing. And you realize how much He loves you. And so this faith just begins to blow the ceiling off of, your, of your, your, your limitations. And all of a sudden you get to see things happen in your life because, wow, I have the right to pray with boldness and expect results. I can expect protection from God. I can expect favor. I can expect whatever it is. Because I'm His child. Amen? Then it says, He explains the conviction of judgment. And it says, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Now this is an awesome one, because the Holy Spirit is not going to show you how uh, big the devil is. Okay, how bad the devil is. The Holy Spirit isn't going to to kind of uh, uh, make you, ever give you an inch of fear concerning the devil. My hand is up. Anybody ever experienced fear concerning uh, 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 spiritual realm and demons and whatever? Yeah. (laughs) When I've taught on things like this, it's funny to see people get scared. And then I have to kind of you know, deal with that before I finish the service. But the point is, is that if every demon in hell came to visit you tonight, you know, they woke you up, they shook your your, your foot, and you opened your eyes, and you said, who's there? And it's just like the house is packed. Okay? You shouldn't be scared. And if 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 you focus in on Christ in you, the Holy Spirit with you, then, then you won't be scared. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than any every demon in the whole world living in your room. Like you, you should be able to. I, I know that's not how the verse goes, so don't don't come and re, uh, correct that. I understand that, but the point is there. The devil's not as big as you are because you've got Christ living in you, and if you think he's bigger than you, then you think Christ is not as big as he is. You've got Jesus with you. You've got the Spirit of God living in you. And the enemy has been judged. So the, 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 um, uh, the Spirit, the Comforter, will always convict you and show you that the, the, the ruler of this world has been judged. Where was he judged? On the cross. He was judged. And now you are free from his fear. Free from intimidation from him. You can give into it still and experience it, but you don't have to. Okay? So this is all pictures of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and, 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 and how He's working in our lives. But go over to Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> We've been digging in here for a while. But Ephesians chapter 1, I want to read from verse 16. And again say the same thing I've been saying because I think it needs to be cemented in our hearts. And that is that Paul is praying a prayer for the church that we wouldn't have something more, but that we would wake up to what we've got. As a Christian, you don't need anything more. You need to wake up to what you've got. You've got to realize what you've got more accurately, who you've got. Okay? And who you've got is God. Okay, he's praying and he's saying, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Okay, that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. 
Now listen to this. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who do believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ? So now this is talking about an inheritance in you, the saints. In us, the saints. This is talking about what we've got. Okay? Who we've got. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Christ in us, the hope of glory. This is who, who Paul is now praying we would come to an understanding of. What we've got in Him. And he says, and look how he describes it. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power? So this is a power, the Holy Spirit in you, exceeds. It, 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 the word exceeds there in the Greek is to throw beyond the, the usual mark. So it's, it, again, it's like a superabundant power, meaning it goes beyond the need. It exceeds in your expectations the, the ability. So what is the, the power that goes beyond the mark? Okay, And the power, word power there is dunamis, which you can uh, link to... Um, uh, 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 what's it? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 which says you will receive power dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you so uh, 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 Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 is specifically talking about the Holy Spirit in you empowering you to be able to live like Jesus and do great things things greater than he did because he's now living in you and he's living through you Okay, you've got this dunamis power, supernatural miracle working about power, ability power, living inside of you. And all you need to do is awaken to that. I come from circles where I would be fasting for that. <laughs> I would be, be seeking God, fasting, praying, sincerely like, God, I want more power. I want to experience more of you. I want more of your love in my life. I want, you know, there's even songs like that. Yeah, and, and I would, would, would be very sincerely seeking God about that. But I really started to see things change in my life when I realized I've got it. When I realized I'm one with it. When I realized that, hey, I'm not trying to reach out and get something from somewhere, but I need to realize who's now living inside of me, who I'm one with. We, we have these funny religious ideas. Like if someone's going to get healed, the atmosphere needs to be right. Yeah? So, so someone's playing a nice worship song, you know, Benny Hinn style, Hallelujah. And then it's like everybody is kind of like gearing up, and it's like, then it's like the power can flow. <laughs> and I'm not, not, not ministering, I'm not saying anything against that, but what I am saying is it doesn't need to be like that. You know, I was in Zimbabwe last week, and uh, um, where were we? can't remember where, why we were, where we were. We were driving from the airport. We picked up another guy, uh, Peter from Stellenbosch, and we were, uh, myself, uh, uh, Isaac, who's the pastor there, and Peter were driving from the airport back to his house, and so we stopped off at the shop, which is amazing, and got amazing pies. And so we got those pies, and we went around the corner to get a, a cool drink. So we're sitting in the, the car, and Isaac runs in to get a drink, and I see this woman walking across. Now, I'm hot, I'm bothered, I'm tired from the traveling and everything. Yeah, I'm not feeling very spiritual. Amen? <laughs> you know what I'm feeling like? You guys are super saints compared to me then. No one's being honest. But but the point is, is like I see this lady like walking like this, like across the parking lot, like really like struggling to walk. Okay? And I saw I, Isaac's, uh, if you don't know him, he'll be here one day and you'll experience the, the fullness of him. <laughs> it's something else. And uh, so I was like, I'm watching him. I'm like, what's going to go on here now? I'm sure he's, he's not going to let this one just go. And so he's now running in to go and get the drinks. We're waiting in the car. And I see this lady like walking. And she's got like a, like a construction outfit or something. So you can see she's, she's busy working. But now she's got a sore ankle of sorts. And I saw him, her stop him. Just look back. And he says, why are you limping when your pastor is sitting in the car there? <laughs> and he says, go ask your pastor to pray for you. And she turns around and she comes back to the car and I was like, here you go. <laughs> and I opened my door and uh, I sat still in the car and she stood there and she's like, um, you know, uh, she, greeting and whatever. And she's like, um, I said, what happened? So she takes her, her, her boot off and she, she shows like her ankle is like just the whole thing is just swollen. 
She's, and I said, what happened? She said, um, uh, she, she hurts it this morning and it's swollen and she can't walk on it like it's really bad. And she's got to work and she can't not work and all this. And I was like, <clears throat> that, that, you know, I said, that, that's, that's easy enough. And I put my hand on her, uh, on her ankle and as I said, in the name of Jesus, I just command power to flow and bring everything into correction. Right now, in Jesus' name, be healed. How does it feel? And it was completely perfect, no swelling. And she said, no, it's fine. But she said it in a way where I was like, I'm not so sure about that. You know, like the way she was saying it's fine. But I could see there was no swelling. She puts her boots on and she just walks off perfectly. And it's not because I'm a pastor. (laughs) I told you I was feeling unspiritual. It's just a case of using words of authority to speak the power that's within you out to accomplish something. Okay, so this is the power that, that Paul's describing here. Look at verse 2, or chapter 2, sorry. I know Etienne got into this last week a bit. I can't remember if he touched on this, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. <clears throat> Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. So quickened is made alive. So we were dead in sins, and he made us alive together with Christ. So no matter how dead you feel, you're alive with Christ. Okay, and then it says, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace uh, in kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Now the point I want to make there is in uh, verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. So you are sitting here in Aaron Hall, in Rondebosch, Cape Town, South Africa. And at the same time, you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Throughout Ephesians chapter 1 and parts of Ephesians chapter 2 and the rest of the book, Paul is consistently saying, you are in Christ. The Christian is in Christ. Okay? And Christ is in you. And so while you're sitting here, you're also sitting in heavenly places. Spiritually speaking. This is talking about a place of authority. In Christ Jesus. That's why you can say things like, Leg be healed in the name of Jesus. That's why you've got that authority. Because you're in Christ. And so, whatever he would do in a situation, you can do in a situation. Whatever he would do, you can do. But the problem is we tend to not believe it. Because we don't feel right. Another way to say that is we don't feel worthy. We feel like, I'll get Shane or Etienne to come and pray for you. And we don't mind. Call us. We'll come. (laughs) But the point is, is you can you know, but we often like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You know, I felt like that before. And I mean, I wasn't jumping out of the car to go and pray for the lady hobbling across the parking lot. Isaac had to send her to me. <laughs> and say, he's going to pray for you. You don't need to be like that. The point is, is that we need to awaken to this reality of what we've got so that we can live as children of God. Because the problem is, we're not living like Jesus, we're living like people who love Jesus, we're living like people who know Jesus maybe, we're living like people who are interested in Jesus, we're living like people who say we know Jesus, but are we living like Jesus is living in us? That's God's desire for us, that we would awaken to the reality of our oneness with Him, so that we can live like that. And there's no pressure. Okay, look at Galatians. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this is saying you're dead. This is saying you're dead, but Christ is now living in you. The life that you're living is Christ in you. The the thing is now that we've got to let Christ out of us. (laughs) We've got to have Christ, we have Christ in us as believers, now let Christ live through you. 
What does it look like to have Christ living through you? That's a good question, don't you think? You've got to think of the nature of Christ. How He lived. What He did. And most Christians are, are aiming at that. Most Christians are like, that's how I want to live. I want to live like Jesus. And that's a good thing. But it's easier than we've made it out to be. Did you know that you cannot produce love? You cannot produce joy. Go to Galatians chapter 5. You cannot produce peace. You cannot produce any of the fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of an apple tree? Yeah, the way Christians live, the fruit of a, an apple tree is a pawpaw. Because we're saying, I'm a Christian, and if you're saying you're a Christian, you're saying you've got the fruit of Christ, but I'm living as if I've got the fruit of the devil. <laughs> the fruit of the flesh, be nice, and say the fruit of the flesh. <laughs> so it doesn't sound so bad, right? More comfortable. So I, 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 I'm saying I've got something, but I'm not, I'm not showing fruit like that. When God wants us to experience what? Him in us and Him through us. The fruit, the natural byproduct of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, etc. Yeah, these are the natural impulses of the Spirit of God in us. These, are the these should be the natural impulses of the child of God. That's you, that's me. When we believe the message, we are transformed. Now we have the Spirit of God living in us. And as we yield to that Spirit, we start to experience a transformed life. How do you change in your life? It's not by trying. How do you deal with issues in your life? It's not by trying. It's by yielding. Yielding to the Spirit of God in you and yielding to His Word. Yielding when He says something, you're like, yes, Lord. And then yielding to the Spirit within you who is directing you and leading you. Amen? It's, it's a case of yielding to the fruit of the Spirit which is in you. We, you, you. As a new Christian, it's easier to experience this. You want to love people. You feel the flow of love towards people, but sometimes we reject it. And the more you reject it, the harder it is to actually do it. When you choose to love, when you choose to be patient, it becomes easier. And it's not something you have to produce. The Spirit in you has produced it. And then it just flows out of you. So go back to Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll finish off with this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, or 13. It says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now we focused in on this verse a couple of weeks back, and we said how this, the word sealed means marked. You are marked with the Spirit. Okay? Acts 1.8, you are marked with the Spirit. It's a distinguishing mark on your life that, that enables you, it's, a conf it's an, another way to describe it is a, a, a sign of authenticity. Now you've got, you're authenticated as the original. You're authenticated as uh, 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 the real deal. Okay? That means that when you pray, things have to happen. Because you've got that sign on you, that, that mark. Okay? But look, you trusted after you heard something. It was a specific message. This is, salvation's easy if you look at it like this. You hear the message, the gospel of your salvation. You trust, you believe, and you're sealed. You've got that mark. And yeah, a Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. In your life, your Pentecost is just realizing how much of the Spirit you've actually got and stepping into that. Inviting that to, to become your default. Now, it's just realizing, saying, hey, yeah, and, and stepping into the gifts which are now resident inside of you. 
And allowing the Holy Spirit who is in you to now empower you and stopping to live from the, 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 the ability of your flesh and now living from the ability of the Spirit within. And now you have the ability to pray in tongues. Now you have the ability to, to, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Whatever. You have supernatural ability to get the job done. Why? Because you realize the Spirit is in you and now you're becoming focused in on Him. Now you're, you're acknowledging Him. You're realizing Him. You could say you're baptizing your mind in, into your new reality in Christ. And so the encouragement I have for you this evening is really wake up to who's living inside of you. Realize it, acknowledge it and walk in it. It's, it's, it's really something that God's got for every single one of us. We all have, if you're a believer, you've got His Spirit. Now you need to recognize that. Now you need to, 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 to start to flow in that. Step into that. And it's not something you have to try harder. It's something you need to yield to. The Spirit-empowered life is not about your ability. It's about your yielding. And the more you yield the more you experience the flow. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and let's just spend a few moments in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your Spirit which is here inside of every single one of us. And right now, we just invite you, Spirit, to minister to us. Just minister to us. In the name of Jesus. If you're here and you're saying, I'm not a Christian. I've never received Jesus. Then the gospel is the message that He's forgiven you. The message that through faith in Jesus and His death and His resurrection, you can be made right with Him. And all you need to do is believe that and you're made right. So if you're here and you're saying, I have not done that, then in your heart, I'm encouraging you just to say, I believe. Just say, I believe. You don't have to do something. You just have to believe. And then just invite His Spirit. Just to come and dwell in you. And for the rest of us who have the Spirit living in us, you're a Christian. You know you're a Christian. There's no doubt that you're a Christian. Just in your mind, start to become aware of who lives in you. Become aware right now of the power of God which is resident in you. If you pray in the Spirit, you're welcome to pray softly. And just begin to commune with Him. Begin to enjoy fellowship with Him. Just begin to receive from Him. If you don't pray in the Spirit, just, just begin to thank Him for His goodness. And thank Him that He's living in you and you are never, ever alone. Never without God. That's, that's, that's you. You are never without God. Never without the solution to the challenges that are facing you this week. Never without the help to get through this week. Never without the comfort that you need. You are never alone. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And if you're here and you're saying, you want to start experiencing the gifts of the Spirit. You want to experience tongues and things like that. Then it's just you and Jesus. Just ask Him. Ask Him for an overflow of that. And as you ask Him for it, just something's going to well up. Draw from those, those rivers of living waters, that well of salvation that's within you, and let it flow. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you just, you're within us and you just begin to flow to refresh us and to refresh those around us right now. We just welcome your ministry right now. The ministry of the comforter, the ministry of the helper, the encourager. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Just to refresh every single one right now. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like there's somebody here, you're, you're, uh, 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 you feel like you're on edge. <laughs> You feel like you could snap at any moment. And if that's you, just open up your hands in front of you. You don't have to put them high. But just as an act of receiving, put them in front of you. If you feel like you're on edge, you're at the end of your rope, 
And just invite Holy Spirit now to touch you. Invite Him now just to reveal truth to you and to minister to you. If that's you, just, just, just close your eyes. It's between you and God and just, just receive from Him. He wants to minister to you right now. And Mike, I believe you'll have a word for, for that individual. So just get a word for them. Just to encourage them. They feel like they're at the end of their rope. this individual Lord <laughs> just realizing that all of it is already within you that you have the full measure the fullness mm. of Christ within you that his response to every situation is love, it's peace, it's patience. And just the scripture actually before Shane had called me up was, um, it was just that in his forbearance. And just that was what came to me was just in his forbearance and that you have that same spirit, that, that you are able to be patient, you are able to love uh, rather than to react. And so I just thank you, Father, for... For, for this child of yours. I thank you that he or she has that same spirit that, that is able to forbear, that is able to respond in love. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just give a, a minute or two, and if you have a, a word that's just popping up on your heart, something to encourage us with, then... And just come forward and I just want you to share that or read that scripture or something. Let's just minister to each other like this. It's, and as we wait, just, just focus on Jesus and focus on the Spirit and just be thankful for Him in you. If you've got something, just come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God speaks into our hearts and He just shows us something. He just drops something into us. He doesn't like speak in a booming voice. He doesn't, he's not even the voice behind us anymore. He's the voice within us. And He just drops a thought into your heart. Thought into your, your head. Even though we're strangers in a foreign land, now that we've got you living inside of us, we've got the spirit of truth. It leads and guides us in truth. Thank you, Father. Anyone else got a word? I just heard, heard God say, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods besides me. I just feel that there's, there's someone wrestling with that in a way. Um, it's just a reminder that, that God is the sovereign power. There's nothing that can stand even close to Him. And I hope that helps. Sure. That's awesome. Thank you. No other God. I just have a scripture from John 17, verse 3, that says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So yeah, just an eternal life is just relationship with Jesus. 
Awesome. Thank you. Eternal life is about knowing Him, knowing Him within us, that we're one with Him. It's not something just living forever. It's, it's knowing Him forever. I just want to share one testimony with you in closing. Godwell, can you come up and help me with the testimony? It's your testimony. <laughs> so, so on Friday night, we had a time for the leaders. In, in, um, uh, we were all met in Tigerburg. You can sit for a moment here. I just want this to illustrate for you how God speaks to us. Okay? And how we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, uh, 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 neglect the, the simple thing. Like, this just came to me. There shall be no other gods before you. I'm sure that someone here might be wrestling with something. And, and it's a case of, okay, you know what, I need to make a decision. Whether it's a, 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 not necessarily a foreign God, but it might be a, a thing of um, even just something that's taking the place of God in your heart. And you know that, and you're like, I know I should be focusing on God, but this is something that's catching your attention. Like That could really be a word for someone. I don't want you to put up your hand, but you can come to us afterwards and just ask us to pray for you, and we'll love to. We don't want to expose you. This is liberating. But, you know, Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep hear my voice. So if you're his sheep, you hear his voice. You've got the Spirit, you hear his voice. You might just not realize it yet. Okay? So when you come to church on a Sunday, Monday to Saturday, do this as well, but on church specifically now, when we come together, come prepared like you know that God's going to speak to you. And, 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 and feel free. It doesn't, if you make a mistake, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You can make a mistake here. And you've got a scripture on your heart, you feel like, I want to read this. We'll always give an opportunity. And we want an environment of freedom like that. So we did this on Friday night with, with leaders from the, the four campuses in the area in Cape Town. And God will have a word. And he'll tell you about it, how he was wrestling with this word, and just explain how it was in your heart and all that, and, and then I'll read the, the, the message that I got there. Yeah, so on Friday evening, like Shane is mentioning, we, we had a, a worship night, and during the first session of worship, which Shane was leading, um, there was an invitation for people to, just, just like what's happening now, uh, for people to come if they've got a word in their heart, that God has placed on their heart or in their minds to just come and share that. So as I was just praying in tongues, um, I got a picture of a headman's noose. Um, I saw that one and I was like, what does this mean? And then as I kept on praying, God just dropped so Where it. was the picture? Was it on your cell phone? Or? No, 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 it was in my mind. It was in his mind, okay? <laughs> yeah, so the picture was in my mind of a headman's noose and then as I prayed, God just said to me, uh, I saw a picture of a woman uh, and children. And so the way I interpreted it is that there was a woman who wanted to commit suicide by hanging. So, but I didn't go up and share. So I, I let that session pass and then uh, Gavin Cox, who was ministering to us that evening, just came and ministered the word, and then afterwards there was also another session for for people to just come and and, and again share the word that God had placed in their in their minds or in their hearts. So in that moment, I was still wrestling in the same way because it kept on coming back to me. Uh, that same picture that I had just kept on coming back to me. What actually surprised me now that Shane mentioned. There were so many layers to that, to, to what was happening to me in that moment. I actually felt emotion where I was crying for this thing in, by myself. And I didn't, it was so vivid for me that uh, it's something that I was just battling with. And in the moment that I, I was battling, I, I asked myself, I asked God, what if the person is not here? And then in this very same second that I was asking that in my mind, Gavin said, you could be praying for somebody who's not here. And that's the moment that I stood up and went and shared the word and said, you know what, this is the picture that I saw. There's a lady who wants to hang himself. And when I went up, I actually wasn't expecting to pray. I was just, I had just gone there to share the word. And then Gavin was like, since you've got the picture, you've got the faith for it, you need to pray for this lady. So I prayed for the lady, declared life, 
and maybe sharing anything now. Yeah, so thank you for sharing. And yeah, so we, we just shared. And the point of this is like when the body of Christ, when we as believers in Christ come together, we've got to realize we've got the Spirit of God within us, that He is speaking to us. And so we mustn't neglect even the simple things that come to us. Okay? I have many testimonies like that myself and of other people. But this one really was awesome because, I mean, I was even up there, you know, standing up there like while he's busy praying and thinking, you're praying with him, agreeing with him. But like, you know, we don't know what we're praying for, who we're praying for. There's no indication of any of this. You know, there's a a few people that we could think maybe it's them. (laughs) You know, but like, it's like, (laughs) honestly, we have no clue. Okay. The next morning, I get this message. Good morning, Shane. Just to let you know that we had an incident at one of the members, the family members who tried to commit suicide. Now, this is of one of our campuses. One of our uh, family members tried to commit suicide between midnight and 1 a.m. this morning. The young adult's mother got to the scene and found her body hanging, uh, found her busy hanging herself with a rope. Because of our prayers last night, Jesus stopped this. We just want to praise the Lord. And so something really significant happened because of just a simple word on his heart, a picture that he could have just shoved off, and he was like, no, no, let's, let, let me bring this up. And then it's like, well, you know what, we could be hitting something, we could be missing something, doesn't matter, let's play it safe and pray. And we pray, and as a result, there's this woman who was uh, stopped before she committed suicide, and we checked in on, on the situation this morning, and she's still alive, praise God, and her pastor said, yeah, uh, she's open to meet with me. I get to meet up with her, she wants counseling, she doesn't want to die. So that's awesome. We're really thankful for that. But, you know, all of us can do that. I like that testimony because it's not my testimony. <laughs> because I'll share testimonies, you'll be like, yes, but you're shame. Etienne will share testimonies and you're like, yes, but you're Etienne. <laughs> we also put our legs on, our pants on one leg at a time. You know? <laughs> There's nothing special about that, you know? Like we also uh, do things that you do. And, and, and the awesome thing is, it's like God was awesome, but He's just like all of us. And so don't neglect the small things that God puts on your heart. Even in the week ahead, the Spirit of God is with you. He's not staying with me. You can take Him too. Okay? He's not just coming home with me. He will be. But He can go with you too. And He is. And so He speaks to you at random opportunities, random times. And then just if you feel like someone's just on your heart a lot, phone them, message them. How are you doing? What's going on? Can I pray for you for something? Or if you have a word on your heart, just encourage them. There was a, 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 I was driving when I was a student at Cape Peninsula University of Technology. It's a mouthful, isn't it? I was driving along the N1 into Cape Town, and uh, uh, I kept having this, this friend on my heart, this couple, okay? This guy and this girl. I kept, I, well, first of all, it was just the guy. And I, I felt him on my heart, I felt him on my heart. So, <clears throat> yeah, it was... Um, had my Nokia 3310, I think. And, I, and I, I was like quickly texting him, just a word of encouragement. And uh, uh, he messaged me back, just a scripture I felt in my heart. And he was like, that was really encouraging, thank you. That doesn't mean much to me, but awesome, praise God. Then I started praying for his uh, girlfriend. And she messaged me back and she said, and uh, actually when I, was, when I uh, sent her a message, I said, I really feel like God's saying the thing you're about to do, you shouldn't do it. Now, I don't usually go that bold. But I felt that rise up within me and I said, the thing you're about to do, you shouldn't do it. And she said, she messaged me back straight away and said, I was about to break up with him. I was like, oh, I got involved in something I wouldn't have wanted to get involved in. <laughs> and I was like, oh Lord, you, you knew what you're doing. And you know what, today they're married, they're pastoring a church in Namibia and I think they've got a troop of kids and they're happy. Because of a word. And the, the, the challenge that they had was, uh, he's black and she's white. And so there was all the conflict of the family and everything like that. And my word of encouragement to her caused her to persevere in something that was for her. Now, now, now there was a simple thing I didn't feel too much about. But God can use you exactly the same way this week. And how awesome it would be if you came back with a testimony of that. You know, that would be really encouraging for all of us. Amen? So Father, I want to thank you that as we go this evening, you're going with us. That by your Spirit, you're with every single one of us. You're ministering to us while we sleep. 
You're ministering to us while we drive, while we catch a bus, whatever we're doing, you with us. And I thank you that you teach us this week to be sensitive to the Spirit of God which is living inside of us. That you help us to become aware of your presence wherever we go. Aware of the person in our immediate environment who maybe needs a word of encouragement. Who maybe just needs a smile. And then we have to take our masks off. Or you know, maybe just needs a, 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 a blessing or something that we can just give to them. Help us to step out in boldness in these areas so that we can be your hands and feet wherever we go, Father. Make us attentive to, to, to hearing that still small voice in our hearts which just impresses someone's name on our heart so that we, and we would just contact that individual just to connect with them and see how they're doing. So we can, we can minister to people and love on them and encourage them. That we wouldn't just live like you know, the world lives and, and then come to church, but we would live from a place of fellowship and oneness with you every day of this week ahead, Father. That we wouldn't live as if we're just following you, but we would live as if we're living with you. We are one with you wherever we go. I thank you that because we're one with you, because you're in us, because you're with us, we have the solution to every challenge which we could face this week. We also have the solution to the challenges other people face. Help us, Father, just to learn to flow from these, with these streams of living water which are within us. Thank you that it's not an effort. It's not something we strive for. It's something that we can just release. Streams flow. We don't have to generate them. We just have to let them flow. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Come. Delayed obedience is disobedience. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I felt when you were saying about someone who was at the end of their rope um, and they're about to break, I just got this, um, that song, um, Cast Your Eyes on Jesus, um, Look Full in His and the world will grow strangely dim. And I just got the word thankfulness. And that that person should focus on thankfulness um, to God. And whatever is going on will just fade away. Thank you. So don't focus on the problems. Focus on being thankful for what God's doing in your life and what He has done. And where He is in your life. And you know, keep your eyes on Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face or grace, whichever it is, and the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Amen. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.